Hi, everyone. I am Emily Landers, and this is How'd She Do That? A podcast answering that question each episode. I am so happy that you are tuning in today for this really fun and encouraging conversation. Before we dive in, I wanted to touch base and see how you guys are doing. It's funny when you do a podcast, I am connecting with you all, but I don't always get to hear from you. So if you are listening and loving the podcast, please let me know and come say hi over on Instagram. I am at Emily Landers and you can find the podcast at How'd She Do That Podcast. If you follow me on Instagram, you'll see I have taken up a new hobby, one I have always loved watching but made up excuses to not join in on the fun, and that has been surfing. My husband Luke and I live just inland of Malibu, so we have been at the beach a ton recently, boogie boarding and surfing. We are loving it. I hope you are finding something fun to try this summer as well. Well, you guys are the best. I am so excited to share today's episode with you. Kennedy Carichlow joins me today, and I am loving saying her new last name. When we recorded earlier this summer, she was still Kennedy Campbell, so you will hear me say her maiden name at times during this episode. Congratulations, Kennedy. We are so happy for you and Justin. You all are going to love Kennedy's entrepreneurial spirit, her discipline, willingness to work hard. She learned early on in her career to ask questions and do whatever it takes to get the job done. We discuss Kennedy's incredible brand, Declare, in this episode, and you are going to love hearing her heart behind these inspirational jumpers where you can wear truth on your sleeve. I will let Kennedy share more. So without further ado, here is the newlywed, (laughs) Kennedy Carichlow on How'd She Do That? Today's guest is one I have been so looking forward to speaking with. Kennedy Campbell is a model, marketing expert, and entrepreneur who recently launched her beautiful brand of jumpers called Declare, which are made in sunny California. Declare touches on the elemental reality that words not only create meaning, they also carry with them power. I could not agree more. Embroidered with declarations of truth, their pieces act as messengers of a grander perspective. Kennedy says they're honored to be a gentle reminder to show up for yourself and for those around you. When Kennedy isn't overseeing her business, she's likely making a healthy dish, playing with her puppy London, or hanging out with her fiance Justin. Kennedy, welcome to How'd She Do That? Hi, Emily. Thank you so much for having me. That was so beautifully said. I don't know what else there is to cover. Oh, there's so much. There's so much to cover. And Kennedy, I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. I don't even know how I was introduced to you and all that you're doing. Maybe Maybe a Pepperdine girlfriend kind of connected us, but I have been really eager to to hear about your story and your journey and all that you're doing. So thank you again for coming on. Of course. I'm so excited to talk. Oh, well, it's going to be great. And as you know, a lot of my listeners are kind of in that post-season of life. They might be thinking about their career and and kind of what they're going to do next. So I'd actually love to start at the beginning and hear kind of about where you went to school, what was your major, what did that season look like for you? Love it. 
So I attended Loyola Marymount University in sunny California. I grew up in Lake Taps, which is just a little town south of Seattle. So I really wanted to go somewhere new and immerse myself in a new culture. So I set out for LA and I'd always had that on my mind. We visited a lot growing up. So I was really excited to move there and be by the beach and yeah, just enter a new season of life. So I attended LMU and my major was communications. I decided on that major because we didn't have a specialized marketing program. They had a business uh, major, but that was a heavy emphasis on mathematics, which is not my forte. You're and speaking my language. <laughs> like, that's just not. I injured one stat class and I was like, yep, no, it's not going to happen. It's yes. not for me. So I went the communications route and I actually really loved the program at LMU. It's a Jesuit education. So it really focuses on developing the whole person and it has a strong social justice element. So I loved that. And uh, my comm studies courses are just amazing. It was uh, very, very writing heavy. And um, a lot a lot of what they did was really prepare us for our next step post-college. So I didn't really feel uh, all too scared entering the workforce. Everyone had internships starting my sophomore year. I mean, I don't think I had one friend who wasn't either working or shadowing someone. So that was really cool, really special. And I know speaking with friends who went to other universities that not every school focuses on that. So I love my education. I actually graduated a bit early. During my time at LMU, I took on a job. It started as an internship, but it it was I was all in and it was a startup. It was called Namba and it was a probiotic super smoothie company. And as you oh said, I'm into health and wellness. <laughs> and so it, was, it just felt so right. Um, actually, a girl from my church had started the company and it was based out of Santa Monica. And it was a team full of young people excited to learn and grow. And so I did that for a year and a half while still in college. So it was really oh. cool getting to balance studies with actually applying what I was learning in my comm classes uh, in real life. And so I oh, did yeah. that. As at Namba, I learned a lot about, um, let's see, we did a lot of events, a lot of community type. Uh, Outreach and whatnot. Yeah, oh, yeah. That's amazing. So it was great. We did a lot of demoing. We did a lot of partnerships with local fitness studios, um, a lot of in-store collaborations with retailers like Whole Foods and Ralph's. So it was really exciting. And about the same time I was getting ready to graduate, I, uh, the company was, um, it was basically everyone was kind of ready to part ways and start a new venture. So I slipped out right before that and, um, just kind of started dreaming about what I wanted to do. So it's interesting because although I was working while in school and I thought I had a plan post-graduation, it was very apparent that that plan was no longer going to work. So I definitely Uh, entered a phase, um, you know, of, okay, what am I going to do next? Right. Oh my goodness. So that internship was actually through a connection from a woman you knew. I know a lot of listeners are like, how do I get an internship? What does this look like for me? So you actually knew this woman who wanted to start that venture and good grief. It sounds like just from that sole experience and internship, you had a lot going on that really maybe prepared you for the next step. So that was your sophomore year, correct? And then what what was the first role after school? What did that look like and how did that role come together? Yes. Okay. It's so funny. I really do feel like, especially in LA, I'm sure 
in other major cities as well, but really is all who you know. And it wasn't actually my friend who was an entrepreneur. It was a friend of a friend who introduced me to her. And I think so much of it is just putting feelers out. Like when I'm having conversations and catching up with people, just, hey, I'm looking for a freelance job or, hey, I'm really interested in learning more about copywriting. Do you you know anyone who specializes in this who I could talk to? Kind of like what we were talking about offline, just really making sure that you're utilizing every relationship you have and not in a what can I do? What can I get from you? But also what can I do for you with, with a little yes. knowledge experience I have? I absolutely love connecting people. And uh, yeah, so with with my job following Namba, it was through another connection as well. And this was, so my senior, what was supposed to be my senior year of college, I graduated a semester early. And the first semester, I only had classes on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And I was commuting to school. I was living in Beverly Hills. And um, my campus was right by the airport, LAX. And so it definitely didn't feel like I was in college anymore that final year, just because we're so far removed. But um, that last semester, I, again, a friend who was working on another, well, for another wellness CPG company introduced me to a designer who was working on a project for a protein company. And so I just, I blindly interviewed with the designer. We just, we got caught up for coffee and I was kind of, wasn't even sure if I wanted to still do marketing. I wasn't sure. I I really was kind of open, open handed at that point and was like, okay, whatever comes my way, I will explore it because that is where I'm at in life. And I had a great conversation with him and he introduced me to the man who was leading the venture, who, um, his name's Omar Johnson. He was the former CMO of Beats. And we had oh. one brief conversation. It did not feel like an interview. It felt like we were just chatting. I don't even think he looked at my resume, <laughs> to be completely honest. And yes. he was like, hey, awesome. I want you to start uh, Monday, Wednesday, oh. Friday. And then following your graduation in January, you'll come full time. So it was, I mean, it almost felt too good to be true at that time. I was like, oh, okay. Right. <laughs> so... Yeah. So that company is called True Woman and I'm actually still with them. It's been three years now and I've worked on some other projects in the meantime, which I can also touch on, but that is, it's a plant, plant-based plant protein company. And I started doing uh, associate level work, entry level um, things, learning a lot from my mentor at the time. Right. Uh, learned a lot about the marketing operation side of things and just how to assist um, her and then I kind of climbed and now I'm leading marketing for the company. Oh my gosh. Okay. And for those of you who are listening, I need to ask, Kennedy, what year did you graduate? Oh gosh. Um, okay. I'm going to, I'm going to out you, but it's a good this. thing. I, okay. 2018, but technically guys, I, I was done in that, that January. Okay. Listeners. Hello. <laughs> what? <laughs> Kennedy. Oh my gosh. I am, I am literally, I should think of what year did I graduate or do I want to out myself? Uh, you know, I'm you only did. a few years older than you. Well, okay. I will. I will. You did. So I graduated in 2013 from okay. college Okay. and you guys, Kennedy just said she graduated in 2018. And the year that we are recording this podcast, it's 2020. <laughs> Kennedy has been out of school for two seconds, two years. So I just want to harp on that because I love what you're saying. There are so many good tips that you're saying. Even, even just your story, I can tell a couple things. You're obviously a go-getter, eager to connect with others. And I want to hear, because I'm sure my listeners, especially, you know, even if you're if Kennedy's younger than you, or maybe you're younger than Kennedy, we can all kind of 
think in our head and think, well, well, yeah, of course she can do that for whatever reason and make up reasons that we can't do something. Now, it sounds like to me, you have a real confidence instilled in you because I think a lot of um, my college students that I speak with, you know, they'll, they'll say, well, I don't know how to, I don't know how to network. I don't know how to connect with someone. Is that confidence something that you feel is is instilled in you? Is that something that your parents kind of encouraged you and really helped you be emboldened to make these connections? And then I'd also love to know if you have any thoughts for for younger women, what is it that they can do to kind of step out and be brave? Because obviously we haven't even gotten into the portion of your entrepreneurship journey, but you're doing so many different things. I'd love to know if you have any tips, one on, you know, where do you think this com- this confidence comes from for you personally? But then mm-hmm. how do you think other young women can kind of dive into the confidence level that that you're operating in? It's, it's amazing. It's you so fun so- to hear. It's so funny because when you're, you know, when you're in your own body, you don't really see yourself that way. So thank you for saying all that. And I I do need to point out, it has not been rainbows and butterflies. And there are definitely seasons and months where I am like, what the heck am I doing? Totally. And what is my trajectory again? Yeah. But uh, (laughs) I would definitely, you know, I would definitely say my mom really instilled that into me. She is the ultimate go-getter. And beyond that, she is just a natural connector. I mean, we will be walking around my neighborhood and she's like, oh, there's a construction guy. Oh, there's the security guard. I mean, she just knows everyone and she has uh, just such a skill at at making deep, meaningful connections. And so it's funny because when you say networking, when I think of networking, I think of, you know, the traditional LinkedIn and, um, you know, kind of social climbery. And for me, it's just Mm. all natural to make deep, meaningful connections. And I've always been a person who a a lot of what I've done to connect with people is just be like, Oh, Hey, Hey, I've done this before. I'm happy to help you. You don't have to pay me. I would love to help you. And so, um, from there it's like, okay, then six months later, they'll reach out to me and be like, Hey, I have this project, uh, hourly rate. And so I think too, just, I really had to humble myself and be like, okay, I will do whatever you need. Do you want me to be your coffee girl? I'll be your coffee girl. Can I sit in a meeting? You know, it's for me, it was just always being in the room. I didn't always add value. I didn't even have have an opinion, but it was, I was just trying to soak up all the knowledge that was around me. And if there was someone doing something that I was interested in, I would just ask, I would ask a lot of questions. Like I think for so many people, they assume a confident person must have all the answers. And right. I actually think it's op- opposite. I think it's knowing what you know and knowing what you don't know and not being afraid to ask questions. Wow. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I, I think everyone has confidence within them. I think everyone has things that they're interested in and passionate about. And when you're passionate about something, I think there's a sense of courage and bravery that ends up coming out, even if it's uncomfortable at first. It's like, yes. of course, I'm going to ask those questions because I genuinely want to know for myself. Oh, that's so good. I couldn't agree more. I remember different seasons of life. I'm just totally tracking with you. I actually, I remember, and one of, this would be one of actually one of my regrets in my career, I would say. I actually worked, I interned at Foot Locker um, Mm -hmm. Inc., the Foot Locker corporate in New York. And uh, during my internship, like Kennedy is saying, you know, she's encouraging you, us, anyone, what whatever stage of life you're in, to not be afraid to ask those questions. And I remember when I was interning at Foot Locker, I was 
paralyzed with fear to ask how to do something. I wanted to act like I knew everything and I wanted to just kind of passively hide (laughs) if I didn't know what to do. And I remember that, that feeling and, and for whatever reason, that season is obviously over for me. But but that was really, you know, a, a season of life right out of college. I didn't have that confidence. And I think Kennedy is onto something to say, ask questions, the confident and she's right, the confident person will ask for help and will ask for clarification. Mm-hmm. And that was not the case for me at the beginning of my career. I was, I was very meek when I was told to do something. If I didn't know how to do it, I was like, okay, bye. Thanks for telling me. Bye bye. <laughs> yes. And, and yes. Kennedy's like the opposite, the confident person is going to ask those questions. Yeah. So I love that that's the case for you. Okay. So we're, and another element that I'm loving is you have an entrepreneurial spirit in that you have a couple of things going, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So you even dabbled in modeling. Perhaps you still are. Tell us a little bit about that season and what that was like. Yeah. So when I was in high school, I got signed to a modeling agency in Seattle. And Seattle is very different from LA in terms of modeling because the pool is just a lot smaller. Also at that time, the influencer element wasn't quite there. And so, um, yeah, I got signed and I started casting and it was a really fun experience for me. I think that also Mm -hmm. helped build confidence because you really had to put yourself out there. And of course, it's totally different because it's, I mean, it's more physical than it is your intellect. But I would say it was just putting myself out there, being okay if I wasn't a fit for the position. I think too, so many people are scared to interview because they don't think that they're qualified, but that's okay if you're not qualified. I will I will just say yes and take an informational interview or, or an yes. interview, even if yeah. I'm maybe not 100% interested because I know that putting myself out there is going to benefit me in the long term. It's going to help me create a story. It's going to help me communicate better um, yes. and just you know build my uh, my my internal resume, you know? Yes. And, uh, yes. Absolutely. So, yeah. So I modeled for a bunch of different companies. A lot of them were Seattle based. I did work for Amazon, Zoomies. I was in Cosmo at one point, which was fun. Oh, that's so uh, fun. So, um, I worked, did work for Nike and it was really great. When I moved to LA, I did try modeling and it was just really overwhelming. It's a completely different environment. And yes. I will do side jobs here and there for, for right. fun. I honestly think it's really creative. I think because I have that marketing lens, I'm always thinking of what the final product is going to look like and yes. how I can add to the campaign. And I, I feel like I can contribute. And so it doesn't feel like a completely physical exchange. Um, right. But I do love modeling. It just hasn't uh, developed in the way I maybe thought it was going to upon moving to LA. But in some, in some cases, I'm really grateful for that because it pushed me to, um, you know, dive into the more intellectual sphere. Yes. And you have done just that. So, okay. I'm wondering what the time frame is of Declare, because for those of you who don't know, like I mentioned, Kennedy has an amazing apparel line of jumpers that is called Declare. So I want to hear all about it. I want to hear maybe first and foremost, when did this idea come together? And then we can get into the details of all of it. Perfect. So I started dreaming about Declare probably about a year and a half ago. I was working, so I was working, there was a time in the company, which I'm currently working for, where they were getting more funding and everything was a little bit up in the air. And so 
I started working for another company oh, for nice. about four months. I was still on retainer with True. Um, okay. I, I started working full time doing marketing in house for another company, and I'm not going to disclose that, but uh, okay. it it was great. I learned a lot in that time. There were a lot of ups and a lot of downs, but the it was a remote job. It was the first time I had been working remote. I currently work remote, but it was right. the first time I had been working remote. And I, you don't get that same instant gratification. You don't get that immediate thank you. There are times where you send out an email and you won't hear back until the next day. And you have, it's really hard to figure out where you land in the scheme of things, how valued you are. And I have an internal critic within me Mm. and I'm, I'm definitely have that perfectionist quality, which is a gift, but it's also a curse in some ways because I'm constantly trying to figure out where I land and then, uh, you know, achieve more. And so it was hard for me. I really had to learn how to cultivate an inner voice. And there was a lot of anxiety for me during that time. Anxiety is something I've always struggled with, um, subliminally. And, you know, sometimes it's definitely a little bit more escalated than others, but in that season I had high amounts of anxiety because I Mm -hmm. just wasn't sure how I was performing. I wasn't sure the company culture was, a bit dysfunctional and um, and on, on so many levels, actually. And so right. I really had to start learning how to cultivate that inner voice, like I was saying, and speak truth over myself and remind wow. myself of who I am, of what I identify with, of the, you know, what I pride myself on, you know, whether that's honesty, whether that's confidence, whether that's my integrity, you know, really starting to remind myself of who I am and show myself grace. And I, I also had to learn how to not over identify with work. If you let me, I would put my head down mm. on 24, seven, seven, seven days a week, but wow, that's, yes, that's not fulfilling long-term and that's not sustainable long-term. And so I, it really was a refining season. And it was then where I was started dreaming. And I was like, you know what? I would love to create a company, even if that's just me and someone else or me and maybe down the road, two people under me where I could be a leader who sets the culture of a company that I would want to work for, that affirms people when they do well, that still holds them to, um, you know, high expectations, but encourages them along the way, because I didn't have that sort of leadership. You know, there are so many times where I look to leaders and I'm like, man, like that, you're showing me all the things that I don't want to be in a leader. (laughs) Um, sometimes that's, you know, I had a lot of great leaders and a lot of great mentors, but then I've also had a lot of people who have really disappointed me. And, uh, from that, I just was like, okay, you know what? I'm never going to be that kind of leader. And so I started dreaming and I was like, I want to create a company that has a strong mission, that has a strong point of view. And that internally we're actually matching that mission because I had been working for company Mm -hmm. where there's this great philanthropic lens and there's this great mission statement and it's powerful, but you look at the bottom line employees and they're being so overworked. They're not being paid nearly enough and they're filled with anxiety because there's no sense of job security. There's no sense of affirmation for their work. Um, there's no, there's no encouragement or camaraderie. And, uh, and I thought that was really missing. And so basically I started dreaming and I was like, okay, uh, I've always been into fashion. That's always been something that I've wanted to dabble in, but because of you know, being involved in CPG, which yeah. is consumer products for those of you who don't know, and being involved in health and wellness, I hadn't got a double in that. So I was like, okay, I want to do something completely different. I want to mm-hmm. start it from scratch so that I can learn everything because there are a lot of things, you know, even in a startup that you don't 
get to see and learn from an operational finance perspective. And so, um, yeah, so I started dreaming and I, I really wanted each piece to have an embroidery on them. I wanted them for me, it was just speaking mantras over myself and the four mantras and we can go into, but the four mantras that we chose, um, where it was my body. Well, let me see. And now I'm like, Ooh, put me on the spot. Um, (laughs) my heart has love. My, my, um, my body has life. My soul has peace. My heart has love and my mind gives gratitude. And those are just things during that time that I had been speaking over myself. Okay. You know, I might not have job security, but my body has life. A lot of people don't get to go walk or work out or they don't have hands to type or, you know, my mind has gratitude, just cultivating a spirit of gratitude. My, my heart has love. You know what? Right now, maybe I don't feel like I can give academically or mm-hmm. uh, in the workplace, but you know, at least I can give love. At least I can make people, um, you know, make their day better. Things like that. My soul has peace. Like at the end of the day, at least I know that I am a good person. Things like that. Right. And so, I started journaling about that, and it was actually funny. I I started thinking, you know, I would love to do a tight sleeve. I would love to do billowy shoulders, and it was before the whole, you know, exaggerated billowy shoulder and tight sleeves trend came out. And I'm like, oh, I wish I would have capitalized on that a little bit earlier. But I just had kind of start sketching it out. And I am not an artist. I I mean, I would probably laugh if I found those sketches. (laughs) I just started dreaming about it. And I sat on it. And I I couldn't find a partner at that time. I put a couple fillers out. And I was like, you know, I just I don't have that that go ahead. And so I just sat on it. And actually, one of the founders of True Woman, Erica Grossman, who is um, a mentor and has been such uh, a light to me and just been, oh. she's been such an advocate for me and throughout my journey at True Woman. And I actually met up with her at one point and I was like, Erica, you know, and it was, I was during an interim period where True Woman didn't have the financing that it needed. And um, right. I sat down with her and I was like, listen, I have this idea. Let's just go and learn. And she was like, okay, amazing. I will partner with you in this. And so wow. she, she, yeah, she funded it, which was just a dream come true. And she, um, wow. she, she's older than me and has definitely, um, a different point of view in the sense, you know, she, she had seen companies and her husband too, they had worked on a, a bunch of different projects before. And so she had that kind of entrepreneurial lens that I was looking for and I had the vision. And so it was just a, it was a seamless, great partnership. So it's been just such a joy getting to journey through this with her. That's incredible. And I think too, I'm so curious because I'm sure a lot of my listeners would be like, whoa, funding, what? I think women in general, and you know, I don't have stats on it in front of me, but that's, that's an area that women really, you know, want to thrive in more, I think. So it's really impressive that not only did you dream up this amazing idea of Declare and kind of got the inspiration behind it, but you actually really wanted to, to go out and find a partner. Now, what it, what was it in you that was like, you know, I really want to find a partner because I think a lot of us could, could know that we want to do something and be like, right. you know what? I'm just going to go for it. That's kind of right. my personality. And yes. and hang on, everybody, because here I go. But yes. you had the wisdom to actually think, hold on, this might go further and be better if I actually have someone helping fund this and, and partner with me. So was that something that you just knew when you started, like, I have to have a partner? Or was it something that others said, hey, you know, you could really pitch this to someone? What did that look like? Hmm. 
trying to think. I I think initially I actually wanted to start it by myself. I am definitely a go-getter. I I was the kind of person in school where I I did not like group projects because I ended up doing the whole thing. (laughs) And everyone took credit for it. And so I think initially I wanted to start it by myself. But after just spending time on it, I was like, okay, if my goal here is really to set culture, if it's really to, uh, Mm. you know, grow and develop my leadership skills, then what better way to do it with somebody else? And alternatively, I just think, I mean, my point of view can only go so far. And I love having someone to collaborate with me. I love having someone who can bring fresh ideas, even if they are totally different than mine. Because I, I think being challenged, although it can be extremely frustrating, is also a big um, growth opportunity. Right. And so, yeah, I think, I think too, like so many people, I remember at the first company I was working for when they would talk about going out and getting investors and funding. I thought, oh my gosh, I'll, I'll never be able to do that. You sit in big boardrooms and you pitch right. these decks and you know, you get told no so many times. Like I imagine it to kind of be like Shark Tank. Yes. And yes. I was just developing a relationship and having that foundational foundation. And then um, you know, when I pitched it to her, it was just an idea. It was just me. I thought about it. So I had had a purpose and a mission. I had had mm. sort of a preliminary concept of what I wanted the sweaters and I call them jumpers actually to look like. But yes. honestly, it was just me saying, Hey, I would love to start something with you. I would love to learn with you. I would love to grow with you. Right. And, um, and she was excited at the concept and she was excited at the opportunity to grow as well. So I think there are a lot of people out there who, mm. who have the means and want to jump in on something, but maybe don't know, you know, the start point. And so I think right. just putting feelers out there and it wasn't like I, I had talked to multiple people and been floating my idea and it didn't take right away, but you know, right. six, I think it was probably six months later. And it was, it's been the perfect partnership. And I, I'm so glad that I had the patience to wait it out and not just be like, okay, I'm going to do this myself. Because I think, I think there's also a, an added element of pressure when you do something yourself. And I think yes, you get very in your own head, which is again, something that I had struggled with before. And I kind of wanted to get out of my own head. I wanted something that I could talk through with someone. And uh, yeah, I, I'm so excited about the partnership. Oh my gosh. And two, I think a theme that I'm I'm kind of hearing in your very short, I just want to remind everyone, this is a very short and incredible career we're talking about with Kennedy. But another element that it seems uh, to be kind of panning out in your story is a real level of humility. And I just want to point that out because a, a humble person wouldn't say this themselves, but Kennedy's out there really offering her assistance. Like you said earlier, look, if you need a coffee girl, I'm going to go get you coffee. What's your order? And then in this situation, you're really humbling yourself and saying, look, I don't know everything. And actually, I don't know anything. All I know is that I have a passion for this new project and I want help. And I'm really inspired by that, Kennedy, because I think for me, I will go and do something and I'm going to do it like I said and get out the way I'm doing it. But I love the encouragement that I'm getting from your career of, no, 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 let's be open to mentorship. Let's be open to learning and let's express that we don't know anything. And I think that's really, really refreshing to hear from you. So, okay. So we have this setup. We have an amazing partner. And we've got the sketches, we've got the ideas, we've got the the beautiful sayings. 
what, I mean, what was next? What did it look like to get this thing off the ground? The hardest for sure, because neither of us had ever done anything in apparel. So we were like, okay, where where do we even start? Do we go straight to a factory? I had actually helped um, with one of the companies I was working for create custom apparel for them with using a factory. So we basically prototype and we said, okay, replicate this and we want to screen print on it, et cetera. So it was, that was like a very, um, straightforward project. So I went, we went back to that factory and we sat down with them and we're like, okay, I don't think this is a fit for, you know, they, they produced a lot of like hoodies and and things of that sort and more, um, you know, custom branded apparel for, uh, businesses. And we're like, ah, that doesn't feel as premium. Right. So we started just I think we actually started with fabric. So we went to a, we went actually downtown LA. We, we hopped in her car. She lives in LA during the summer. So that was really nice because we had started it in the summer and we just went to, and she had her wholesale license, which was huge for us. And oh, we wow. went to a bunch of different fabric stores oh, and we just literally started feeling fabrics and asking questions and getting samples so we could take them home and wash them ourselves. And um, we, you know, we wanted it to feel extremely premium. We wanted to create a jumper that you did not want to take off your body. That was something that I felt very passionate about. I was like, okay, you know, of course I want it to be flattering, but more than anything, I just want it to be a timeless staple where you go into your closet, you think to yourself, okay, what do I need to be telling myself today? Is it my body has life? Okay. I'm going to put on that hoodie and I know I'm going to feel comfortable in it and I'm not going to want to take it off. And so we just started with the fabric and we landed on a fabric company that we really liked and they custom milled it for us, which was just so incredible. Wow. And, um, and they work with a bunch of other, um, premium fitness and athleisure brands. So we felt confident in our decision and we even got to custom dye them. So we picked out the Pantones, we had swatches dyed, and then we perfected the color. We got to a place that we felt really good about. And so um, we started there. And then actually it was a recommendation from the fabric company to use a consultant. And now that we've gone through it once, I don't think we'll need to use a consultant. Um, Mm -hmm. But it was great just because we had no idea the steps to take. I mean, we were really right. like, Hey, what's, what's next? What do we, right. you know? And so yeah. she was really great. She set us up with a seamstress who helped us perfect our, uh, designs. And so she did a couple prototypes for us, which was great. And I mean, those were scary too. It's like, okay, we like the way it fits on us. Are other people going to like it? Yes. And, um, so she really helped us through the sizing and then you have to go ahead and you know, digitize it, mark and grade it, and um, create the wow. patterns for a for production or facility to go and then replicate. And so, and so then we, you know, our consultant helped us with that, and she had all of the factory relationships, and so she kind of gave us three different options and showed us the pros and cons and pricing breakdowns of each one, and we went ahead and selected one, and um, she set us up with. We, we wanted to create, you know, custom tags. And yes. so she set us up with that person and then she had the embroiderer. And so it was fun. I mean, we, everything was completely custom. So down to our, the embroidery, we, we didn't wow. just the font. We designed what the cursive wow. typography was going to look like. And that was really, really special to us. We wanted it to feel something, you know, we wanted it to feel extremely unique, extremely personalized yes. and branded. And so um, I mean, it definitely like looking back, I'm like, Oh, I could have seen a hundred ways we, we could save money. And that's, right. that's the joy of being able to 
start something and then continue to iterate and perfect as you go on because we spent a lot of money using consultants and factory, you know, different different factories where we could have probably streamlined it in one. And, you know, now like looking back, I'm like, okay, we can totally optimize it uh, as we scale and reduce our margins. But our margins were pretty high just being transparent because we had no idea what we were doing and we were going through, I mean, it was a 10 step process right. and a lot of it was custom dyed, custom milled, um, made in LA, which is something I'm really proud of because Absolutely. we wanted to obviously have them be eth- ethically sourced. Um, but yeah, it was a long, it was a long process. If I'm being honest, it took a lot of patience just because once you get, I mean, first you have to get the fabric, then you have to, it's a, it's a, it's a journey to even just getting the fabric and yes. the color secured because you have to wait for the the fabric facility to then dye them wow. and um and then the marking and grading whatnot and then you have to wait for production um for for lime time so then it's a month out for lime time and uh-huh. um, so needless to say when we got our jumpers the final product we were yes. just thrilled because we had been dreaming about it and really working on it for the past six probably six months before it came to life. Oh my gosh. That's what I was going to ask. Do you remember where you were? Did they deliver it to you? Did you go pick it up? What was it like to feel the jumper you'd actually been working on for so long? So actually our consultant picked them up from the factory and I went to her Mm -hmm. house with my car, with my car. I mean, completely loaded it to the brim. I mean, probably Uh... I couldn't even see out the windows, but it was it was exciting. And then it was also I had this moment and I will not forget of like, oh shit, what did I get myself into? Yes. How am I gonna be able to sell these? Because, you know, when you're talking numbers and price breaks, we're like, okay, we have to do I think we bought six hundred jumpers out of the gate. Uh, and we were like, Okay, we have to do this for price breaks and and whatnot. And then when I actually had the inventory at my house in my small apartment, yes. you know, back to the ceiling, I was like, Oh my gosh, what did I do? <laughs> I totally can relate, but the the thing in my closet and in my house are books. So I'm <laughs> with you. I'm like, look yeah. at all these books. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. So that's incredible. First of all, I, I love hearing about the process because that's that's really that's a creative process. That's a business process. I mean, yeah. and kudos to you. You didn't know anything about what I mean, you learn along the way. I love one thing you just said that that seems to be a theme in conversations that I'm having with women is go for it and learn along the way. I think so many of us are afraid, especially women, we can be afraid of failure. We can be afraid of not succeeding. And so, you know what? We're not even going to try. But like you're saying, get going, learn along the way, and you'll figure it out. That's that's what I'm doing with this podcast. That's what I did with my book. I I love that mentality of, of learn along the way. Oh my gosh. So, okay. We've got all these jumpers in your apartment. I'm curious, have you been doing marketing? Did you do a launch party at this point? Do people know these jumpers are coming out or did you want to have them before you started that process? What did that all look like? Okay. So let's see. I built, the first thing I did was just built a build out a website, which I had never done yeah. before. So that was something... Uh. That was so overwhelming to me, but I'm so happy I pushed through because now I understand the back end of Shopify. I am no expert coder, but I understand at least the basics of Shopify, which was a huge win for me and something I'm really proud of looking back on. But I, I started that and one of my friends who is an entrepreneur herself has her own creative um 
she it's a my gosh I'm what's the word for it she kind she, of marketing she, yeah creative marketing it's I oh, mean gotcha. it's, um, she does all of the shoots for a lot of C- different CPG companies but then she'll also do products as well such as you oh, know nice. apparel or um athleisure wear bras whatever and she's one of my really good friends and bless her heart she was like I will shoot all of your jumpers for free and I was like <gasps> Oh, I will have to connect you with her and you will have to have her on here because someone, she was a, she's a huge inspiration for me. And she's one of those people who is not afraid to step out and just start taking steps to build out her idea. And so I was like, Kennedy, I am so proud of you. I would love to shoot this for you. And, um, And I'm not, I'm not used to accepting things from people. I'm usually the person who tries to offer my help. And so it was right. really humbling being like, oh my gosh, you would do that for me. And oh. so I gathered my friends, some who are professional models, some who um, are just my friends and have beautiful yeah. faces and souls. And we went out and we just shot the collection and that was really fun. We put together a mood board and oh. it, was, it, it was, we had to completely be flexible. It was a windy day at the beach and we had a whole concept of shooting on a, um, this fabric background, which I had gotten purchased and it was so windy that we had to completely abort the plan. And I'm oh. actually happy for it because it turned out even better. Yes. So, um, so yeah, we shot it all and then we started building out the Instagram and yeah. I just started reaching out to my friends. I mean, so many of my friends I really brought along for the journey and was sharing <laughs> the highs and lows of the process yes. throughout. And so a lot of people were excited and ready to champion me, which it was just one of the best feelings having people and continue, you know, there are people who are still posting about it and sharing about it just because you know, they want to support me and it's just humbling, honestly. And and it feels so good to be supported. But yeah, I just, I basically, I I got on as soon as we had built out the feed and we had something to present to people. I just started reaching out to people on Instagram who I felt were aligned with the brand and, you know, it'd be an honor for them to represent the brand. And I just said, Hey, I would love to send it to you for free. And I mean, our whole tactic was just seed and hope. We can't guarantee anything. We can't pay anybody as much as we would Mm -hmm. like because I completely support influencers and that is a whole yes. profession of its own. And I never want to, you know, undervalue right. that but we could, we just couldn't pay. And right. so we just started reaching out and hoping, and we were just so surprised to see so many people organically post with us and we created custom codes for them so that they could offer their, their followers something yes. special and provide value. Yes. And, um, I think that's what really was the catalyst. And then, uh, Erica lives in Miami the rest of the year and she is extremely well connected there. And she had a couple yoga studios that were really interested. So we did a couple wholesale opportunities. I wow. had a hair salon back in, uh, Washington that they do pop-ups every month. So they sold us, wow. uh, in store. And so it was really just connecting and being like, okay, let's try this. Let's try that. Let's see this person. And there were plenty of people who we seated and didn't post and that that was okay and we had you know that that's part of the risk and we allocated a bunch of our marketing money and you know we weren't trying to become profitable right away and we knew that we were going to have to invest in order to make money and so we set aside that product and um we were really overwhelmed with the response though re- regardless of um you know the people who did didn't post and that was okay we we were really overwhelmed by the response 
Oh, that's awesome. And something that I was just reminded of, Kennedy was so awesome, you guys. She gave me a promo for my book launch party in Malibu. So we'll have to see if that's still up and running. It's Take Flight Book is the promo. So I'm just thinking of that. You guys will have to jump on. And we'll share in a second where you can see all of these beautiful jumpers. But I want to say that is so fun to think about you guys doing that photo shoot. And you really had to pivot. And that's another thing. You guys, they just were having fun. Like That's something that I think in business can be um, something that we kind of forget. Some of this can actually be fun, (laughs) Mm -hmm. especially when you get such an incredible team around you. And that seems to be a theme for you too, just having those friendships and the different connects you've made in business to really move this thing forward. Yeah, completely. It's so good. And it's so fun to even think kind of about the next steps. I'm curious because I know many of you are going to want to connect with Kennedy, but what's next? What's next for you? You have quite a few ventures, but what's next for Declare? Do you have anything that we can stay tuned for? Yes. So we are actually selling through our jumpers. We're out of smalls and most. Oh my goodness colors. So that's really exciting. So we're starting to dream up our second drop and I'm really excited. I definitely want to keep it premium, but I would like to, our jumpers were selling for 120 per piece. And I, I, that's a high price point. And we, you know, we had to for margin sake and just the, uh, integrity of the fabric. I mean, it's really soft. Once you feel it, you're like, okay, I get it. It's similar to, you know, like a wild Fox or something of that nature. And so, um, we definitely want to continue in that timeless space, something extremely versatile, uh, loungewear focused, but also Uh you can wear out. I I mean, I would love to do a set. Yes. So I I think those are definitely trending right now. So definitely a two piece set. That's just a bit more affordable. I would like to do something, you know, around the 60 to $80 price range. And so we're starting to dream up what that's going to look like. And, um, you know, kind of we're, we're very inspired by more of a neutral palette right now. So a lot of that, you know, bones and, um, yes, copper and, you know, just those neutral or, um, you know, army green, things like that. So, we will definitely be doing a second drop right now. We're we're just kind of at the initial stages of dreaming that up, and um, and also like we love the mission of Declare, and we want to keep the mantra declaration focused, but also just how are we going to evolve using that and and trying to think outside the box of okay, let's not just um, put it on all the wrists, but can we put it on the inside of the wristband? Can we, you know? So we are, and as you can tell, I'm thinking out loud and. Um, uh. I- <laughs> I love talk, it. Talking <laughs> with you, I guess I could say. But um but yeah, so we will definitely be doing a second drop. We are still trying to sell through the rest of our inventory. We have uh a decent amount of medium and larges still and we'll keep those available and we actually might continue to restock those because we have of course, you know, the tech pack for those. So it's pretty yes. easy to go out and reproduce those. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm super open and I'm, I'm hoping to get some more customer feedback of just what, what people want to wear, what they're excited about right now. 
Oh my gosh. Well, I would love a set. The set, <laughs> I think that's genius. I think everyone's cozying up and wearing the sets. Those are so cute. And I love that idea of the the color palette. I'm trying to think, someone called that, and I might misspeak right now, but someone said that's kind of the the puppy palette, like mm. those colors, like those creamy puppies. And I, I actually yes. have a golden doodle and I know you have Darling London, but yes. kind of those colors. So I love that. I think those sets would be amazing. I have had such a blast having you on the podcast today. And I, I really can't thank you enough. This has been so fun to hear about all of your entrepreneurial endeavors. And I know that there's much success ahead for you. As I mentioned kind of earlier in the podcast, I have a book that is very specific to uh, kind of the next steps for people in their career. So I have mm-hmm. one question I always ask my guests on the podcast, and it's just that idea, which was a theme throughout your career of networking, the element of, of keeping up with people, reconnecting, connecting. So I'd love to know who do you know that maybe should come on the podcast and share their how'd she do that story? Oh my gosh. I have so many recommendations. <laughs> Yay. Um, one of my best friends, Mary Ralph, Ralph, oh, she, um, yes. she started her own company called The Social Site. And I worked with her on a couple projects and she's just the absolute best to work with. And she... Oh. Talk about an entrepreneurial spirit. She is just always up to something. She has her hand in so many different things. And I'm always inspired by her go get them attitude. And I think she's just done such a good job with her um, social media business. So she's definitely a person I would reach out to. And then my friend who I was telling you about who shot our line, her name's Eleanor. And she okay. has a company with her partner, Ray, called Meraki Narrative. And I can also find things following the podcast, but um, they are just completely upping the game for studio shots. I am so inspired by their food art. It is really, really incredible, the stuff that they're doing and a lot of different GIFs and um, stop motion graph. It is just beautiful. So I'll definitely need to connect you with her and... um, Oh, that's so awesome. So many other incredible people who I'd love to connect you with, but let me know. Those are the two that are are definitely must must talk to. Uh, Oh, you know what? One of my other best friends, actually, Morgan, she lives in um, New York. She has her own social media strategist strategy company called Artisan Marketing, and um, she is the ultimate hustler. I mean, she has done so many different things from. Um, managing very high profile influencers to um, actually her newest venture. She's helping with a skincare company called Eze. And that's also, it's really beautifully done. They just launched actually yesterday. So I'll I'll send you all these people, but uh, really great to have on your podcast. Oh, well, thank you. I love it. So you all will have to be on the lookout for potentially a conversation with Mary Ralph and Eleanor. And what was the last friend's name? Morgan. And Morgan. Oh, thank you, Kennedy. I've got three episodes lined up. How fun (laughs) is that? Well, I know that everyone is going to want to connect with you and hear more about Claire. You guys would love these jumpers. They're beautiful. And now that we know the story behind them, I know y'all are going to love them. So Kennedy, where can everybody kind of connect with you? Yes. Um, so our our business Instagram is declaring yourself. And then my personal Instagram is just Kennedy Campbell. And I'm actually getting married soon. So maybe that handle will switch. But for now, oh, it's going to be cool. I know. Uh, but you can just DM either accounts. I'm very active. I feel like that is 
the easiest, most direct way to get a hold of me. Yeah. Great. Oh my goodness. Well, again, Kennedy, I cannot thank you enough for coming on the podcast. I know everyone's going to enjoy this conversation and the wisdom, humility, and just the entrepreneurial spirit that you brought today was inspiring to me. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me, Emily. Thank you all for listening to today's episode of How'd She Do That? I am Emily Landers. You can follow me on Instagram at Emily Landers, and I hope you will subscribe to the podcast. You can expect an episode every Tuesday, as well as potential bonus episodes on Fridays. We will talk to you soon.